Hey guys, it's 2am and we've got some thoughts. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, hello. You've got co-hosts Adriana and Chrissy and so-called friend of the pod, Julia and producer Ramundo. <laughs> okay, all in the studio. Thank you, Ray. <laughs> Today we'll be covering Kanye West and the controversy in the media. Adriana will be defending Nickelback in a new segment called Stand By Your Man. Woo! Ray will be leaving another review. I am. <laughs> and we will tell the story of why we call our friend group Weona. All right. So now we're going to move on to our current events section. Something that's been hot in the media right now is Kanye West actually announced his run for presidency in 2020 as a third party candidate, in addition to Trump and Biden. So he's actually trying to get on a bunch of different ballots within the various states, but he's missed a lot of the deadlines, but is still trying to run for presidency. And he held his first campaign rally in front of a small group of people where he shared his opinions on pro-life and gun control. Something we should mention because it's gonna be a hot topic on this segment is that he shared very personal stories about his kid North and how they almost didn't have her, which many might consider a bit too personal for a political campaign rally, but that will be covered later. So he ended up tweeting after this rally, once it leaked about all of these various things, such as, you know, his wife Kim being a white supremacist. He called Kris Jenner, Kris Jong-un. He accused Kim Kardashian of having an affair with Meek Mill, the rapper, instead of prison reform discussion that they had back in 2018. And among other things, talking about doctors trying to suppress Yez as a person, just went on this huge Twitter tirade that got a lot of attention in the media. And so a few days later, Kim Kardashian, his wife, released a statement about her husband's health. As some of you may know, he has bipolar disorder, was diagnosed a few years back, and has been struggling with that and sometimes goes on these tweet storms about various erratic opinions and whatnot. So after Kim released a statement, Kanye West then apologized days later, asking for forgiveness from his wife and his family. This is just something that we want to talk about due to the amount of reaction that society had to it, where Kanye West was trending in the news for several weeks. Yeah, let's get into the different reactions. Some people are saying that Kanye acting in this way is just a promotion for a new album. Some people think that Kris Jenner is just using it as PR for keeping up with the Kardashians. And there are some people who feel like maybe Kim is just kind of milking this and then she can save face so that she can get uh, custody of her kids if there's ever an eventual custody battle, if they do move forward with a divorce of some sort. So that said, I feel like a lot of this just kind of highlights the stigmas around mental health issues, especially with public figures, especially because there's a lot of people that are kind of taking this as a joke. And that just goes to show how society handles it when they see a public figure kind of acting out. So with Kanye West having bipolar disorder, there's some people who are saying that the reason he's saying all the things he's saying currently is because He's just having an episode and he doesn't actually mean what he's saying. So people should essentially take what he's saying with a grain of salt since it doesn't really represent what he actually feels. And Kim Kardashian released a statement that kind of sums up that 
point of view. And he said, as many of you know, Kanye has bipolar disorder. Anyone who has this or has a loved one in their life who does knows how incredibly complicated and painful it is to understand. I've never spoken publicly about how this has affected us at home because I'm very protective of our children and Kanye's right to privacy when it comes to his health. But today I feel like I should comment on it because of the stigma and misconceptions about mental health. I understand Kanye is subject to criticism because he is a public figure and his actions at times can cause strong opinions and emotions. He is a brilliant but complicated person who on top of the pressures of being an artist and a black man who experienced the painful loss of his mother and has to deal with the pressure and isolation that is heightened by his bipolar disorder. Those who are close with Kanye know his heart and understand his words sometimes do not align with his intentions. Those that understand mental illness or even compulsive behavior know that the family is powerless unless the member is a minor. People who are unaware or far removed from this experience can be judgmental and not understand that the individual themselves have to engage in the process of getting help no matter how hard family and friends try. We as a society talk about giving grace to the issue of mental health as a whole. However, we should also give it to the individuals who are living with it in times when they need it the most. I kindly ask that the media and public give us the compassion and empathy that is needed so that we can get through this. That's definitely one way to look at it. And I mean, she's making a lot of really great points there, especially surrounding the stigma. And especially since Kanye is such a public figure, I have seen people saying that although there is so much stigma around it, it's something that's fairly common. And a lot of people that do have it don't say the things that Kanye has said. So I think like for a lot of those people, there's like an element of frustration, like, hey, I suffer from this, but I've never said anything that's hurtful to other people on such a public scale. Like, and mental health issues and controversial opinions don't have to coexist, you know? Like, they just, you can't just, like, write something off as, like, oh, like, oh, he just said this just because of this thing. Like, I think that in some ways, like, and a lot of people are saying, like, oh, it's a crutch. Like, it's just not such a sweeping generalization. And I think with something like as sensitive as bipolar, you can't just like snap to these judgments and make such broad assumptions about like what someone's going through. And I think that's what makes this one so tricky. Okay, so now we're gonna introduce a new segment called Stand By Your Man. Basically, this segment is going to be one person on the team defending a very controversial person or maybe subject or just like a controversial opinion in general. So we're going to kick it off with Nickelback. (laughs) I just don't understand why people hate Nickelback so much. So I will be taking the stance of defending this band. So I'm going to start with talking about their accolades. (laughs) So the band Nickelback has sold more than 50 million albums worldwide, has sold out Madison Square Garden, and has been nominated for six Grammy Awards, including Album of the Year and Best Rock Album. They even rank as the second best-selling foreign act in the U.S. of the 2000s behind the Beatles and the 11th best-selling music act of the decade overall. So, Nickelback was definitely popular for a long time, and somehow they became the Crocs version of rock bands and got memefied sometime in early to mid-2000s. And honestly, I don't get it. 
I myself like a couple of Nickelback songs. I like Rockstar. I like Far Away, How You Remind Me. Photograph is kind of bad, so I'm not going to defend that <laughs> one. Very bad. But I will say, like, I just don't understand the hate. I don't know. I felt like I woke up one morning and all of a sudden Nickelback was being made fun of. And I just don't get it because I don't feel like they were definitely not canceled for being racist or, you know, doing anything inappropriate or against the law. Just people just started to hate them. And I, you know, there's a lot of reasons why someone might present as to, you know, why Nickelback is should be hated, I should say. Um, but I feel like they were really canceled from society overnight by people who don't necessarily hate Nickelback, but they wanted to be like bandwagon, like people like with the hate. So I think Nickelback might have arguably been the start of cancel culture. And I think people don't actually hate Nickelback as much as they say they do and would rather just like troll people on the internet with like very mean memes. And I think it actually canceled Nickelback's career in a way. And so I don't agree with the whole cancel culture on Nickelback and would like to know, you know, why people hate them so much because I don't get it. So let's get into this debate right now. You know, I don't hate Nickelback, but I get it. I get why people hate them. And I think that it's more than just like a bandwagon hatred. And I say that because I'll admit there's some catchy songs out there that make for great early 2000s karaoke moments. But yeah, here's the thing. I think the thing with Nickelback is that they just come across as very inauthentic. I don't know. Nickelback kind of, to me, became the poster children of like a whole early 2000s rock music that kind of just like dominated like That's definitely true. the scene. They were popular at the very time. Very popular, yeah. successful band. Yeah. I mean, it, like I said, it's not bad, but it's not... It was very 2000s, though. Yeah, like Nickelback definitely represented that era right. like, super and well. And I think, because I feel like you could argue that a lot of music from that era was kind of like ingenuine. So if a lot of people say that Nickelback was kind of just like created by the record industry of like, this is what sells, this is what people want. I mean, they weren't wrong at the time. That is what people wanted. But you could argue that with a lot of the pop artists back then, like a lot of bands were kind of like, I felt like people back then were more controlled by record labels and people now are kind of celebrated for being more independent. But like, why, why do you think that they're the only only band then that gets hated on because there were it, moments where Nickelback would go to concerts and only be able to play one song because they would have shit thrown at them literally hated on by a lot of people to the level of like throwing things like seems just like dramatic to me it is dramatic and I will say that I do agree that kind of like people are bandwagoning they're not taking a minute to think about why is it that they like really just like Nickelback do you really think it's just because like they became a meme and then it just became cool to like hate on Nickelback? Yeah, I think a lot because of people, like the reason that it blew up so much is people that were kind of just like jumping on it. Like, mm -hmm. oh, it was like a fun thing to hate. Like, so bandwagon. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so that's what, right. Yeah. No, that's what I mean for that. But I'm saying like saying there are reasons of... to not like them. It just kind of seems like they're making music just to make music just because they're like, oh, it'll sell. They want to like hit the top charts. Yeah. And they're just okay. like making it, just cranking it out album after album. I mean, that's a lot to make. Yeah, they just came out of the gate sold out, I guess. But do you think and every like, band needs to be a band for artistry and, like, compassion towards the music? Like, being just really I, into that? Or can you just do it because you want it to sell on the radio and be famous? I don't know. I feel like I, if I started a band, I would be just... I just want to be in the radio. Yeah, I don't like I that. I want to make money. I don't like that. Because, like, I feel like you have to have something into it. Otherwise, like, who cares? Why should I, like 
support this. But then can't you say that for a lot of other artists and bands too, which then just kind of goes back to the argument of why Nickelback? Right. Why are they the ones who are this hated? Because you can say that about so many other Mm -hmm. bands, so many other artists, especially all the ones on the top 40. Like, so why is it that Nickelback's career is basically shattered to the point where even Nickelback fans are afraid to say that they're fans. I'm afraid. (laughs) I mean, the thing is, I think with Nickelback, it comes down to timing. There were a lot of those bands before them Uh and during the same time. But I think because they were the biggest of Mm -hmm. those bands is why they got the most amount of hate. You know, like. The higher up you are, the harder the fall. So yeah. I, I really do think it like has everything to do with like cancel culture. And I think it was before cancel culture was really a thing. But I think people just thought it was funny to like hate on Nickelback. Because yeah. they're like, oh, ha, they're like the Crocs of the music industry. Yeah. And they all look weird and their music is trash. And it's just easy to like make memes and like. <laughs> the guy's all... name's Chad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Meryl, married to Avril Lavigne for a minute. I mean. Yeah. So I feel like it's a wild people ride. Just, just went off on them when they didn't necessarily deserve it. Because there were a lot of other bands that were like that too. Right. So I feel like there's plenty of those bands, but they were all more one hit wonders and it was Nickelback that had so many songs that were popular that it was easier to like group them together and kind of just like use them as like almost like a metaphor for that entire musical style and that's what I why I think it like escalated and blew out of proportion like you said bandwagon hate bandwagon hate yeah and I I just feel like for cancel culture I mean first of all I don't agree with it I think it's it kind of sucks that Nickelback's career is just completely ruined. Like we found out today that they have another another album coming out and I had no idea that they still made music. And I think that's because they've honestly been ostracized from the music community. So I feel bad after having they had all of that success and now became like the joke of the music industry. And I feel like you truly shouldn't be canceled unless you do something that's really messed up versus just bandwagon you know hatred when it actually affects people's lives and livelihood and their music careers are definitely they have come to a a halt i'm gonna wrap this up by saying we made an instagram poll about do you really actually hate nickelback (laughs) and so far we have five yeses and 22 no's and that's for the last hour so It seems like people don't really hate on Nickelback. It's just not cool to say that you like Nickelback. Right. Most people are probably neutral on the matter. Yeah. Yeah. Like, don't, probably don't understand, like, we do to the level of why it got to this point. Right. Mm -hmm. And no one, I don't think, has ever debated it like we are now because (laughs) everyone just accepted that, oh, we all hate Nickelback. Right. I didn't even question it. Yeah, Yeah. We don't like them. Yeah, so in conclusion, uh, Nickelback shouldn't be hated is I feel like what we've come to. Like, we understand now why people hate them, but don't hate on people. Be kind to people on the internet. And yeah, we'll see you next time. Stand by your man, people. Now we're moving on to Rayleigh's Reviews, which is the segment of our podcast where producer Raymundo decides to rate something out of five stars. So let's get into it. Thanks for having me on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, this week I want to leave a review on a segment of our podcast, actually. (laughs) Surprise. So I want to leave a review on a segment called Julia Rambles, which is a segment that I do not understand. I don't know why it's on this podcast. 
but here we are. Uh, the reason why Julia's ramble doesn't make sense on this podcast is because when she talks, she just keeps going, talks about nonsense, talks about details that people just don't care about. And <laughs> when you don't have to edit the podcast and you just listen to her portion, it sounds great. <laughs> but then when you do have to listen to it and edit it, it's insane. <laughs> you don't understand. Like her 10 minutes of recording, I could chop it down to like two minutes. Like, <laughs> just get to the point, Julia. So I actually have this petition that I want to have. And I need to get at least four and a half signatures. <laughs> So if I can get four and a half signatures on this petition, we can get rid of Julia Ramble. <laughs> yeah. So when Julia talks, a fun fact about me is that I tune her out. Like I gotten so good at tuning her out that she could talk and I just nod. <laughs> so when you're when you're listening to this podcast as well, a little pro tip is that there's actually like a 15 second like skip button that you could use. So whenever <laughs> you get to a portion, just press that button like five times <laughs> and then you'll be fine. <laughs> pro tip. Pro tip. So my review on this segment, Julia Rambles. If I never have ears again, I would be okay not listening to this part. So I give it zero ears out of two. So now we're moving on to the section of our podcast called story time with Weona. And I think the best way to kick it off is to just tell the story of why we call our friend group, including myself, Chrissy, Adriana, Julia, friend of the pod, and Ray, our producer, Weona. So I'm sure most of you must be thinking, wow, they have no idea how to pronounce Winona. <laughs> and you're right, one of the four of us had no idea how to pronounce Winona Ryder, a famous movie star and Joyce Byers on Stranger Things. Chrissy and I are obsessed with Stranger Things. So we love a good horror 80s queen. And we'll take you back to that story. It actually started with all of us decided to go to this bar in Hollywood that I think it was called, was it called Beetlejuice Bar? I think so. It was basically it's just called? a Tim Burton themed bar. So. Okay. Okay. So it was a Tim Burton themed bar and we wanted to go because we heard that it was super um, Halloween-y and we are also obsessed with Halloween mm -hmm. so we definitely wanted to go check it out and see what was up. So when we got there, it was definitely super Halloween-y. Yes. Almost so much so that we weren't expecting it. Yeah. And when we say that, we mean that we definitely weren't the crowd that would no. frequent this type of bar. We definitely were more so going because of the fact that it was around Halloween time. So we were like, yeah, of course, like we want some spooky vibes. So of course, Tim Burton bar. But I think the people that went to this bar were like definitely regulars, you know, definitely the darker side, a little goth, some emos, you like, know. I wouldn't even say a little goth, like hardcore yeah, goth. Yeah, hardcore, yes. Literally hardcore goth. I'm downplaying, but yes, it was pretty hardcore. Like 
we definitely stood out. There was not a single person there who didn't wear black. Yeah. And everybody <laughs> was wearing black and everyone had like really dark makeup and like right. chokers. And I mean, it was a vibe in there. I, I felt really out of place. And all and these goths are literally all sitting in clicks. Yeah. Like nobody was even standing because there was kind of a dance floor. I think it was a dance floor. Yeah. And nobody was standing at all. Everybody was just like confined to their own spaces. Mm-hmm. And by the way, this was only just Chrissy, Ray, and I. Mm-hmm. Julia, I think, had moved back to Nashville. Was she in Nashville at the time? I, I think so. She, she, she left LA for a brief moment and moved to the South where she is like originally from. So it was just the three of us out at this bar. And we decided to try the fishbowl that they were known for. So we got this giant fishbowl for just the three of us. And um, it was the sweetest, probably grossest <laughs> fishbowl I've ever had in my entire life. Like they literally dropped in like in a giant sack of nerds. Yeah. <laughs> like the candy. Yeah, that's actually what Adriana said too when we got the drink. She's like, doesn't it kind of taste like the nerds candy? I'm like, I guess. I yeah. think it did. <laughs> no, didn't they drop nerds in it? I swear to God, they it was probably at the bottom. Did. I don't remember, but I'm sure they did. It was vile. I wouldn't put it past them. It was vile, <laughs> but it looked really cool, which is exactly why we did it because we're very basic. Right. And we wanted it to look cool in yeah. pictures. Because it had like the dry ice and everything. So yeah. it was very picturesque. Just didn't taste the best, but that's fine. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, we, we do everything for a picture that's here right. in LA. <laughs> so um, we get this fish bowl. It's so disgusting. So Chrissy and I refuse to drink any more of it. So Ray kind of has to step in and take over for uh, for the team. And none of the goths wanted to befriend <laughs> Ray. Um, he got really upset and kept drinking our fish bowl. <laughs> Uh, And for you guys who don't know Ray as well, Ray loves to make friends and he gets really mad when people don't want to be his friends. (laughs) And that sounds very, uh, I don't know, kindergarten like. (laughs) And um, yeah, ended up drinking like our whole fishbowl. So uh, for you fellow Tim Burton fans, you probably know that Winona Ryder is definitely associated with him because of her being in a lot of his films. And so naturally within the bar, there was a picture of her hanging on the wall. And Ray, after he had had a few to drink, saw that picture and decided to start screaming her name. But instead of saying Winona, which is the correct way to pronounce her name, he starts screaming, look, it's Weona. (laughs) Weona. And uh, we actually have direct footage from this night, so we're going to actually try to play it for you podcast listeners. So here we go. Winona? Winona. 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 What will Winona do? It's Winona. (laughs) I have no idea why I had that recorded, but... But I'm glad you do. It's so helpful in explaining why we call ourselves Winona. Yeah. The reason why Ray hasn't been speaking is because he doesn't really remember saying (laughs) Weona. And he just had no idea what we were talking about this whole time. And I was like, why do you guys keep saying Weona? I'm like, you said Weona. We knew it was Winona Ryder. The reason that uh, Julia ended up being included in this is because she, when she moved back to LA, she actually ended up moving back to an apartment 
um, on a street. We're not going to tell you what city, but it's called Winona. Mm-hmm. And we thought it was really funny. So in order to make like a family group chat, we were like, yeah, let's just call ourselves Weona. And mm-hmm. that's our group text message. I'm sure you guys all have your weird ones. And that that one's our family, yeah. family group chat in LA. So so that's the origin story. And yeah, we're just going to roll with it and keep on Bring in the story time with Weona for you guys. Well, guys, thanks for tuning in to episode three of our 2AM podcast. And for those of you that have been asking if we really record this at 2AM, well, no, but... (laughs) We don't. But that is when we finish editing, which is why we sound so damn tired. (laughs) We're so tired and over this episode. So (laughs) goodbye. Bye.